You are listening to the SHL Talent Talks podcast, featuring conversations with experts on talent topics that help organizations win in today's dynamic business environment. Okay, good afternoon and welcome to the, the podcast today and uh, SHL's Talent Talk. Uh, my name's uh, Andy Geek and I'm joined by a dear colleague of mine, Karen McLaughlin, today. Good afternoon, Karen. Hi, Andy. How are you this afternoon? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm doing well. We're, we're into good. a new month and uh, spring's on we its are way. Indeed. That's <laughs> it. The first day of, uh, of spring from the Irish tradition anyway, today is the first day of spring. So absolutely, absolutely, and the the nights get shorter and the days get longer, um, and and it's interesting actually because I think today's topic, um, particularly that focus in terms of supporting people after a restructure, mm. is is becoming very much apparent. And the reason why I say that, Karen, is that I have a personal experience last week of a of a, of a good friend of ours who has a senior had a senior role. Uh, in a particular organization. Uh, and they knew they were going through a restructure, so there was a transformation coming along. And she's found herself in a situation where others that she works with have had to exit or will be exiting the organization. She's remaining, but in fact, her role has changed. So her role has become much more involved. There is, if you like, more pressure. It's seen by the organization as being a step up, but actually it isn't necessarily what she's what she's wanted. And so she's finding herself in a situation where she's gone through this transformation, she's come out of it, she's remained within the organization, but against her best wishes, as it were, finds herself in, in a new role. And it, it took me back to something that I know that you have talked quite a lot about in terms of this, the, the, this sense of the endurer, um, it, uh, coming out of a restructure. And, and, and Karen, I'd be interested to sort of just get your thoughts again about what, what, what was meant by that. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's certainly a scenario that we are hearing and, and seeing more often. Mm. Um, organizations do continue to restructure. And I think, you know, given the current uh, situation that we still find ourselves in, I can imagine that that we will continue to see more restructures happening as well. Um, and it's interesting, you know, when you talk about your friend, you know, oftentimes people will say, aren't you so lucky, you know, to have kept your job or, or to still have a job? Um, and, you know, it's, it, 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 it's not thought about the impact still that, you know, that experience will have had um, on an individual. Um, have actually gone through a, a number of experiences of redundancy um, and of being a survivor and an endurer over the years. And, and I certainly can say from my experience that all of those were, were equally as difficult in different ways. Um, I, I suppose, you know, there's, there's three distinctions that have been made in terms of, of the various categories as it may be that you can fall into you know as part of a restructure of course one of them being that you're seen as a victim you know that you're being made redundant yeah. and you're losing yeah. your job but I suppose that the, 
pros of that is, you know, that is it's difficult, but it's an opportunity to make a clean break and, and maybe a fresh start somewhere else. And we hear lots of stories of people who've left and said, you know, they've really progressed and it was the best thing that ever happened to them. Um, I, I suppose in terms of survivors, then these are the people who remain in the in the role. And yes, you know, we could say, well, you're very lucky to still have your job, but it's a very difficult time as well, particularly if some of your colleagues who you've worked with for years have been made redundant. You know, there's something called survivor guilt that happens. Well, you yes. know, yeah. you know, and, and they lost their job and you might know their personal situation, which makes it even more difficult. Um, and and it, there is a fear factor there as well. Well, how long am I going to keep my job for? You know, am I am I going to be the next person to, to lose my job here? Um, so, you know, again, there's there's difficulties and, and there are challenges to overcome you know for both of those uh, categories um, the endurers then is is this space that is somewhere in the middle um, so your role is of course made redundant so your job isn't there as it existed but you're still you know in the organization and, and within the same culture you know as as you previously were um, and you know, again, there's very specific challenges, you know, that, that come with being categorized or being in that that role of um, losing your job and maybe your sense of identity that went along with that job. Um, and also then the, the, the learning curve that may come with uh, increased ex or exp expanded role, as you talked about, Andy. And one of the things I suppose that often happens in restructure situations is Lots of people are gone, so your role intensifies as well in terms yeah. of responsibility. Yeah, and I think I think the interesting thing on that one, Karen, is and, and it's something that you, you, you read about in the literature, this idea of this institutional and substantive goals. So the, this idea that on the one hand, from the business's point of view, this is actually working out quite well for us because we've we found efficiencies and we're able to streamline things things are set up from a transformational point of view that, that, that kind of set us up for the business. But maybe what can we, we can lose sight of is kind of more of the, more of the human element mm. in terms of well, what, what's the impact on the individual. And even though things may be more efficient, does that individual still feel, as you'd mentioned before, that kind of aspiration, that motivation to, to want to operate in that way? And I think there can be a bit of a tension there um, in, in terms of, okay, well, it's great for the organization, but if we're saying things like people are our most important asset, are they really? And are we, are we having, having that, that, that focus there? And I, I just wondered, I mean, in terms of your kind of experience, mm. Karen, and I say your experience, because not, not, not only have you, I know you, you kind of been through something like this, but you, you advise a lot of organizations as well. I mean, what are, what are the kind of things that organizations really need to think about in terms of that kind of endurer situation. Yeah, and it's interesting you talk about that tension, Andy, because I think it comes into play, you know, in many restructure scenarios where, you know, both the business and the HR team, I suppose, were responsible for looking after the, the human element or, or, you know, getting people um, yeah. filled or retrained and keeping them motivated. Um, and, and good intentions are there at the start, but the business metrics are there, the KPIs are there in terms of targets that they need to hit, whether that's, you know, time to be fully operational or the cost efficiencies that need to be, you know, achieved, et cetera. And what often can happen is, you know, HR make lots of promises, you know, and, and yeah. with 
pensions, you know, that they're going to give them all the time that they need, you know, all the training and upskilling they need to get them up to speed. But unfortunately, what can often happen then is they these, you know, need to achieve the business, the, the hard outcomes, as it may be, um, puts then the strain on HR, you know, to, well, we need to get people to a certain level. So the pressure can start coming on them then and they feel that, well, I was made these promises that have been broken potentially, which of course can, can lead to de demotivation then among groups of people. Um, so, so that's certainly something that needs to be considered. Um, and I think, you know, restructures, they are messy. There's, you know, I, I've never seen an organization start out with, you know, this is exactly what we're going to do. And that follows through to the letter, you know, towards the end. Yeah change you know in terms of both the business goals in terms of you know we're seeing how quickly things are changing in the external environment environment you know things yeah. in terms of the people dynamics so you know <clears throat> the constant kind of monitoring of what's happening constant communication that needs to happen and being tra completely transparent and honest as much as you know possible with people in terms of what's happening and what's changing and, and I feel you know that's what works best um, in yeah. terms of being able to, to maintain people's um, trust as well, you know, that the organization yeah. is doing what they said they're going to do. And we understand if changes need to happen and the yeah. reasons that they need to happen. Yeah, and I, and I think that's an important one because, I mean, you and I have um, have been in situations where we've, we've you know, actually worked on restructures. And, and I, you know, I have seen people come out of restructuring you know situations in tears and mm. you know it, it has an impact and I think those people who stay in the organization uh, you know this whole kind of survivor guilt they've seen what's happened and there's something and you've mentioned it there this kind of trusting kind of the psychological contract so you know I had this relationship with this organization uh, and they had with me and it's a two-way thing and um, and do I feel that 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 contract has been broken or altered in some way so I think that sort of thing is is very key. And as you've mentioned there, that, that whole thing around um, the, the communication part. And, I, and I, I think the other thing as well, which I think is interesting, what you were saying in terms of more of those kind of organizational focus that so we need to hit, hit these metrics and so forth. But maybe there's taking a bit of a step back and thinking, okay, well, X, and you, you alluded to it actually when you said that, okay, well, let, let's see what X is like at the moment. But it's kind of like, well, where do we want to go to as an organization? What, what's the future focus here? And, and what does that mean for perhaps untapped potential uh, mm. or motivation that, that may be there that perhaps we're not really thinking about? Um, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, Andy. I think, you know, for me, one of the key mistakes I've seen organizations make is, is and we, we read about it, you know, in, in terms of case studies and in the literature is, you know, organizations match people to new roles based on their current or their past performance, yeah. or their current yeah. skills and capabilities. Um, yeah. and this cross matching but but this approach doesn't take into account you know people's individual aspirations to develop and um, maybe their motivation their potential you know that that maybe isn't being used within a current role um, and and certainly you know for some individuals you know if they if they are simply cross matched based yeah. on the 
skills, you know, oftentimes that could lead to potentially a demotion for people or, you know, yeah. a decrease in yeah. salary and, and their status. So it's not just in terms of, you know, the, the impact for them as, as, you know, the type of job they're doing, but it's how they're feeling, you know, how they're, inner um inner i suppose what's the word i'm looking for um their self-esteem is is going yeah. to be impacted as well potentially if, if they're just matched to any job um as it may be um so i suppose what i have seen work much better is taking that step back at the start before you even begin the restructuring process and understanding what are the capabilities required to succeed in these new roles not just the skills the abilities, the behavior, but also your behavior so that you have this more rounded view in terms of the sort of people that may fit best to the new roles and, and the ones that will thrive potentially within the roles because they have that potential there to succeed as yeah. well. Um, uh, and I was just going to say on that, Carol, actually, which I think is really important because I think that often when restructures happen, they can, they can happen quite quickly. So there's... Hmm. The, you know, right, transformation's coming along, we need to restructure, we need to do it quickly. And, and often when we, I know when we get requests, it's like, well, this is gonna happen in the next few weeks. But actually you do ask yourself a question a bit like what you said there. Are, are people kind of thinking a bit more strategically about this? So have they thought, well, this is what we need now, but what are we gonna need going forward? And it could be some completely different things. And I, I, I remember reading your, your paper um, when you were, were talking about growth mindset. And one of the things I thought was really quite powerful in there was the, 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 you know, the really high proportion of new skills that are gonna be required and, and a focus on, you know, we need to reskill people. And by 2030, you know, we're already getting organizations, you know, talking about, well, what, what are we gonna need in the future? Um, and as you said there, if you don't take more of a future focus on this, and you're kind of, well, this is more about the here and now, you're losing that longer term perspective. That, yes. that, that's my thinking on that. Yeah. And, and I, I suppose, you know, it's giving people that longer term view and understanding, you know, the why and um, why are we 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 taking this approach what are the longer term benefits so that people can make sense of of this experience that they're going through so so i think you know part of this as well is communicating the benefits um you know for for individuals and supporting them and encouraging them to adopt more of a growth mindset so yes. you know, believing in their ability as well to learn and to develop um and and you know that they they take see this more as an opportunity then and not a chore to have to learn new skills or or, or you know ways of working to be successful yeah, and I think that that is so key, Karen, what you're saying there in terms of moving from perhaps a bit of a fixed mindset mm -hmm. to one which is more growth, because I, I think what we're seeing a lot of now is organisations saying, well, look, do you know what? X is at this position here, and their aspiration is to become more senior in, in, in a similar type of role, but that role is likely to change. So if we can start to think about, well, what are we going to need, or what's going to help you in terms of your career, in terms of skill acquisition, knowledge acquisition, and other things in the next few years, could the transformation we're doing, provided we've had that strategic focus, start to perhaps offer you those mm. opportunities to, to build, if you like, that kind of lateral capability 
that makes you, if you like, more, more employable both internally, but actually if you wanted to move elsewhere as well. So as you say, there is that, that you know, it's, I guess, leveraging it as a, you know, it's not just about change, it's actually transformation as a positive. Uh, and I know that that's perhaps easier said than done, but it's, if that, particularly what you're saying there in terms of that growth mindset, if that was to pervade a bit, a bit more, and perhaps more to the top of the organization as well, there may be some thinking in terms of how we, how we vision the, the transformation and how we, how we bring people with us. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, I think um, it is all about communication, bringing it back to communication as well, you know, through the, the redeployment process and, you know, thinking about, you know, the keeping, as you said, people involved and motivated and, you know, by encouraging them, you know, through off the opportunities that that are there for them um, and, and acknowledging that it is difficult, you know, it's a significant change for people and, you know, there's a, a lot of, um, you know, pent up motive, motives that, that, that are that, that are coming through as well and, and fears. So it is really important, you know, to keep people involved. And I think what, something for me as well that I think about is, you know, people working remotely um, at the mm. moment, it, it makes it probably even more difficult because it's more, potentially they could feel more isolated um, and not really knowing what's going on, you know, unless the business make a significant effort to keep people involved, you know, whether that's through weekly or monthly update calls, perhaps, or I was thinking about, you know, other things that might help here is assigning a buddy or mentor maybe to people yeah. who yeah. Are, are be transitioning into new roles, maybe someone who's working in that area and, and can be there to for them to bounce ideas off and, and just, you know, talk about, about things because it's, it's quite a lonely place to be as well, yeah. you know, if you're working remotely, you could have a new manager, you know, that you've never worked with before. You could have a new set of colleagues that you haven't worked with before. And um, so it's how do you support that person to build their network and, and, and have the, the social element of interaction as well to build those relationships with potentially new groups or even within a new function, as it may be, if, if someone was, was reassigned. Um, yeah. One of the things, Andy, I know you've um, worked and um, done quite a bit of work on is in the idea of learning circles, you know, as, as mm -hmm. a and, and for a group of people to discuss and reflect on their experience as an ongoing forum. And I just thought, you know, would, would that be something that you might see would could support, you know, people who are in these type of situations just in terms of giving them that opportunity to... Uh, collaborate you know maybe more with with other people absolutely and I, I think the I think you're absolutely right there Karen in terms of what you're saying about that kind of support that mentoring because people can feel alone and if there was an opportunity for it, it, it may not necessarily be all the endurers together it may be a combination of individuals going forward but if there was a forum where people could kind of discuss how they're feeling but maybe start to think about it in terms of okay well you know, what are the benefits from this? What are the challenges that I feel are there? What are different perspectives that people can bring to, to, to that? And, and really perhaps started to kind of, people start to kind of motivate each other. People start to kind of think about, okay, well, you know, I can support you with this, or you know what, I may have changed roles. 
but I still have this skill set that can support you in, in, in something else as well. Mm. And I think that kind of, if you like, almost that um, transparency in terms of how people are feeling, you know, you, we're not in it alone. There are others who've gone through this, but, you know, and if, if that was to be framed, let's say, by perhaps some senior people in the organization. Mm. So, you know, we, where we have this conflict in terms of, you know, well, this is what the business wants to get. But then the business then starts to think, well, in order to achieve these things, we need to do it through people. So we need to keep people engaged. So if I can be part of that learning circle approach as an ongoing forum to discuss ideas, to, to kind of create more of a growth mindset, because rather than me thinking, oh, I can't do this, if I've got others saying, do you know what? Have you tried it this way? Or maybe you can, maybe you can have a go this way. It's actually quite a straightforward way of doing it. And I think that it's not something that HR necessarily have to lead all the time. It can be done uh, within, within the organization by line managers and by others. So I think, mm. I think you're absolutely right, Karen. I think there is an opportunity there for to kind of say, look, you know, it's been difficult. It's been a challenge. We understand where you are. Let's think about the journey we're going on now. Um, and I think if that's positioned, this is where we want to get to as a business, then it, you know, it, it's absolutely an option, I think. Um, and I, and I, I think that's certainly something to think about because I think what you're then saying there, Karen, is that rather than the restructure being a point in time and right, you know, we've had 50 people, now we've got 30 people, that's great, let's continue. Do you know what? We need to support this and there's, there's something ongoing and we need to deal. And organizations and HR need to be comfortable dealing with things like survivor syndrome and, and de dealing with the kind of the, the outcomes from that. Um, and I think that, it, you know, it's, it's almost for them then to position back to the organization, look, you know, there's some things we can really do here to support this. Um, but I think you're absolutely, absolutely right. And I think the other thing as well, what you, you highlighted is this sense about this potential and this aspirations, because it may well be that the transformation, the restructure, actually offers me something beyond what I actually had before. So even though the role might have changed or I'm doing something slightly different, I might actually be a better fit for it. And longer term, it may really work out for me. So I, I think you're right. In terms of understanding you know, that potential aspiration, that's, that's going to be key. Um, so, so Carol, I just, <laughs> I've got a question for you because I'm sure you know, people listening to this will kind of think, okay, where, where do I start? Um, with this and I mean you know if you were talking to an organization uh, and they said look you know we're going through this transformation it's cropping up what are things that I need to be thinking about what 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 kind of suggestions and advice would you give them yeah and I think you know for me as I said, having going gone through the experience, you know, time is a is a wonderful thing, and and time heals as it may be. So I think patience, you know, um, with with people is is probably one key, um, you know, behavior that that would like would would be really helpful for people. But of course, as we said, there's always going to be that tension there in terms of you know the mm -hmm. need to get to a certain point and um, by a certain time. So I think, you know, certainly it's recognizing the human element, you know, in the first instance and understanding, you know, 
that people are very likely, you know, they, this could be a, a shock to some people. It could come completely out of the blue. I suppose for others, it may be something that's been coming for a while. So even, you know, something as individual as that, you know, is this a complete shock? And, and thinking about, well, how long do we even need to let people absorb this, you know, before we start talking to them about next steps? Um I think for me, you know, as well, it's it's considering the individual impact on people as well. So, you know, for some people, as we said, it may be that they feel they've been demoted, you know, in comparison to their peers. They could feel that, you know, their their career has been put on hold or, or been completely, um, you know, mm sent in a different direction to what they were expecting so so maybe their their long-term plans have been completely scuppered you know based on on the scenario you know everyone's situation is is completely unique so I think for me the first thing is you know understanding people's individual situations as well and, and making sure that you know people have personal life support you know that it's not a blanket you know let's them on a training course everybody and you know make sure they they know how to do things um there there is the the personal element as well that needs to be considered um i think you know taking a step even back for, from that i think that the first thing as we said andy is you know before we even begin this whole restructure and communication of it it's it's making sure we are very clear about you know the capabilities that are required in the future and as yeah, i said exactly. you know not just taking what might be the the easy approach you know look at what skills they have just match them to whatever job looks like the right fit i think you know it is about taking into account again individuals and their motivations mm -hmm. and their aspirations um, and their potential, as we said. So, you know, their natural uh, behavioral styles that could actually sit really well, you know, with a, with a bit of, you know, um, support um, with future oriented roles. Um, as I said, communi communication, communication, you know, and I, I talked about this in our previous webinar, Andy, you know, in a restructure scenario, it's, it's transparency as much as possible and, and keeping people up to date on what's happening, because things, as I said, will change, um, you know, over the course of, of the period of time, people will react in different ways that you're not expecting. So it is agility is really important, you know, in terms of, of continuously adapting. And for me, the last thing then is, is the support structures. Um, as I said, you know, I think it's it's going to be more difficult for people being in these sort of scenarios when we're, they're working remotely and they don't have the opportunity to chat about how they're feeling at the water cooler, you know, with other people um, that maybe they, they feel quite isolated. So it's about making sure that there are some sort of support structures in place for people so that they have that outlet, whether it's with a, a mentor, a buddy, a group of peers in, in a learning circle, you know, that there is that opportunity then for them to talk and about their challenges and share successes and to help them and support them to move forward. Yeah, and I think I think all of those things that you said there are, are absolutely critical, and and I agree. It is, you know, why are we doing this? What, what what's the what, what are we trying to achieve from the restructure? So that strategy, that focus is is critical. What you're saying there in terms of, you know, what is my potential? What are my aspirations? You know, what is what what are the what are the kind of uh, opportunities with this growth mindset that that I that I'm heading towards? And, and absolutely, as you said there, the support. Bit because if 
if it becomes just an organizational, we've got to hit these metrics thing, then it, it's, you might hit the metrics, but there are a few, there's quite a few metrics you ain't going to hit. So I think it, it, it is having that thing. And I think, to be honest, Karen, there's also reality, isn't there, in the sense that mm. transformation's all around. I mean, we saw what happened, you know, obviously last year with people having to go and work from home and, and other things. And, it, you know, that, that agility piece becomes, um, becomes key. But also, I guess, that agility in terms of, do you know what, maybe I need to think about not so much in terms of I want to move to that role in two years' time, but more about my career more generally, and, and can I see this as an opportunity to, to, to drive more of my career journey um, as much as thinking about what the opportunity is in, mm -hmm. in the organisation. And there is that role then for, for, of course, you know, individuals working in human resources to, you know, I suppose, in, think about how they communicate the message around that as well, Andy, you know, yes. to you know engage people that this as you say is a positive it's an opportunity and um, yeah. for you you know to develop to upskill and you know remain relevant as it may be in the future of work when we're being constantly told that uh you know that that uh, the the skills that we need um are going to completely change in the next 10 years so no I, 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 absolutely um Anyway, Karen, look, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you, uh, as always, uh, and, and, and getting your insights. And, and as I say to the audience, you did a fabulous piece in terms of restructuring uh, on a webinar and on a blog recently, but also that growth mindset one where I think we, we're going to see a lot of focus um, going forward. And uh, you, you talked there about the, the learning circles, uh, something close to my heart. Um, and looking to, we're looking to sort of position that a bit more because I think, as you say, that's a real opportunity. But thank you very much indeed for your time this afternoon and your expertise. Always a pleasure. Thanks to yourself, Andy. It's a pleasure as always as well. And we will talk again very soon. Thanks for listening to the SHL Talent Talks podcast. To learn more about our work helping organizations attract and select candidates and identify and grow leaders, please visit shl.com.